0: Hello and welcome to Life After, a podcast where young people can share and discuss their experiences with grief. If you're new, my name's Theo Silberston and this is the second of a five-part series where I ask guests about their experiences and how their grief has shaped them. In this episode, I'm speaking to Miles, a good friend of mine from uni. We recorded this last year in my kitchen and there are a few bangs in the beginning. I hope they aren't too distracting. I began by asking Miles to tell me about his story.
1: Over the course of the summer last year, I lost my mum um, to lung cancer, who eventually passed on the 20th of, of September, which was four days before my 21st birthday. Basically, she was perfectly healthy, was a bit of a, you know, really health conscious, mm-hmm. um, like taking supplements, eating really good food, doing loads of exercise, whatnot, a bit yeah, of a health yeah. freak. Um, and then sort of came back from uni in... It was either June or July, uh, July. Sorry, I can't remember. To the news that she'd been coughing up uh, some blood, and then went into get it checked out, and then they found a tumor. Or at this point, it wasn't thought of as a tumor; it was just like a, a growth on one of her lungs. And then went to get it checked again about a week or so later to then find out that it could potentially be cancerous. So. I was kind of a bit panicked stations at this moment because it was completely unexpected and kind of really unexpected for the whole family. But from that moment, I never really considered any other option other than it all getting sorted out and everything sort of being okay. And then from then there was a long period of going into hospital and checkups and stuff to check upon progress and how she was feeling. She gradually started feeling more and more ill and then she Went into hospital to get the tumour removed And after that surgery It was successful Everything was going well Like two weeks of recovery or so Was back to the gym Back in her normal routine Playing tennis and whatnot And then started really struggling At home with pain medication That she's been being given So just reacting really badly to it And just generally not having a great time at home yeah. So then we couldn't look after her properly at home Because she was in so much pain So she went back into hospital And then had a further operation to try and essentially assess what was going on and see if anything could be done to stop all of this. To then, for the surgery, surgeon, sorry, to then find out that it spread even after they thought they'd removed it to the point where it was inoperable and that it was now terminal. And so the only options from then were to go through some really grueling like chemotherapy to kind of extend life. But then before that had happened, she passed away
0: how much did you know about all of this at the time
1: I was very much kept in the dark by my family but I don't blame them at all for that because it is what my mum would have wanted in the period before my dad and my mum they essentially knew what was going to happen this was in like very early mid-september and my dad encouraged me to go on holiday with my girlfriend at the time just because neither he nor my mum wanted to sort of see my mum in her final stages, just because they didn't want... Like, my mum especially was insisting that she didn't want to see me. And if I tried, that she would just say, no, like, I'm not seeing him. Because she didn't want the memory of her in my head to be this kind of, like, like unrecognisable person.
0: But at the time, how did that make you feel?
1: Well, before I went on this holiday with my girlfriend at the time, this was when she went in to hospital for the second time to have the final operation and I was worried nonetheless but I never thought that it wasn't going to get sorted so to come back to England to the news that I'd lost her was kind of like it was I just couldn't possibly yeah, like yeah. fathom it's like at all it was just a crazy feeling
0: how did you cope during that period because it's shocking in some ways to hear how you found out.
1: It was a very strange period where I didn't really know how to react or what to do about it because it was such a surprise. I, luckily I had all really good friends and really good family around me. But it was like when I was waking up in the in the morning to sort of go about my day, I was just thinking like what on earth do I do now? What could I possibly do to make myself like feel any better about this? So it was kind of, it was a very bleak
0: how did your family react? Because it's, it's just you and your dad
1: now. Yeah, so it's just me and my dad. And he has been so positive throughout the whole thing that I couldn't have, literally couldn't have done it without him. And even from the very start when it just happened, he was still really positive, trying to make sure I was okay. And saying, like, as long as I was okay, he was going to feel okay, so then not to worry about him. You had a girlfriend at the time? I had a girlfriend at the time, yeah. And, and she was great as well, helping me through everything and just being patient with me, I suppose, when... I was feeling all these erratic and kind of somewhat psychotic emotions of just like extreme like anger and then just kind of like breaking down for kind of like hours on end. And yeah, just like this whole thing about not knowing what to do with myself. Did you have any wider family who came in and helped, so sort of like cousins, grandfathers? Yeah, so I had my auntie, um, which my dad's sister, has been very closely involved. Obviously when it was going on over the summer, because my mum and my dad's sister were very close um, yeah. friends at uni they've been friends since then so she was very closely involved and has somewhat acted as like my second mother in mm-hmm. a sense checking up on me even nowadays on a, re- on a regular basis just with everything that's happening it was really helpful to be able to speak to someone who is not my dad about it but, yeah, but yeah. in the family who I can still really closely relate to were you, were you worried about your dad at the time the things that were going through my head Especially when it had started settling. So when I was back at uni in September and so forth. yeah, I just couldn't stop thinking about the fact that him and my mum were married for 25 years, I think it was. And mm. had known each other and were like go in a relationship since university. And to think about the fact that he's now lost that was yeah. really, really concerning and upsetting. And it's kind of still a thing that I struggle with did you did you voice that at the time or have you voiced that stint I've yeah so I've said stuff to him about it just saying like look I know how positive you are as a person and you just want to get me and the family through this and yeah. get on with our lives because it's what she would have wanted I can't ignore that you've lost someone who's such an important part of your life and I just want to make sure that you will be okay with it and like that you're not just putting on a front just yeah. just to yeah. be the, like the super dad I suppose and he just He says the same things, just that as long as you're happy, I'm happy. I'm at peace with the whole thing in that she was in so much pain and it was her time to go and be at peace. And now it's our turn to feel the pain of her gone. You went back to uni pretty pretty soon after then? Yeah, so I found out on the 22nd and then I was supposed to go back to uni that day actually. So this was on Saturday and took the Sunday at home and then on the Monday it was my birthday And obviously, like, I've never wanted to celebrate a birthday less in my life. But that was when I actually returned to uni, moved back to Leeds. And that was what kind of mostly my dad's doing, because he's always had this mindset that, you know, we need to keep moving forward. And he was like, your life is in Leeds now with all your friends and your course. You need to get yourself back and do what you can. And so I essentially did that. And being back at uni did help. Did it feel slightly unnatural at the time? It felt... Ridiculously weird. And just kind of being back in this uni house where, like, my dad dropped me off, that in itself was weird. And you mm. kind of like setting up my room with just my dad and my mum not being there was really, really strange. But the whole university situation, so being in Leeds has definitely helped me on a day to day basis. Mm. Just keeping busy, having good friends, and just literally doing what I can to keep going. It would always be in my thoughts, but I would just try and do uni work, like, go to the gym, see friends and not let it become my life, but have it so that it's always a part of my life.
0: Move, moving now kind of back to the present, how how are you feeling now?
1: I feels as if I've learned a lot in this past year and a half or so that it's been since everything started happening.
0: What have you found most challenging about it then?
1: At first, when I came back to uni, I really struggled going home because then it was going from like my distraction to home where it was really fresh and everything would come flooding flooding back and it was yeah and so then I got in my head that home was kind of especially because my dad works um, and he always has worked nine to seven days so whenever I do go home for the holidays or midterm it tends to just be me and the dog mm-hmm. all day so it was really hard to just kind of be there kind of in my own thoughts just kind of looking around the house and looking at pictures and stuff which was really hard to get used to and then just the whole graduating from my undergrad was really really difficult and just kind of all of these things that I'm now doing that I used to do with like my dad and my mum, and now yeah. doing it just with me and my dad <clears throat> like as nice as it is to have my dad there and stuff it is just it's just different it's yeah. just been a matter of getting used to it all it's been hard
0: have you developed any coping
1: mechanisms to kind of get through those? So my sort of like socializing and doing stuff with my mates and my family actually has been a really good way of getting out of like a bad headspace. And my friends have been great. Like I can't possibly have asked for more from them at this age. It's such an alien thing Like you can't. You can't possibly expect like a twenty-one-year-old to know perfectly how to deal with their, yeah, exactly, their yeah. friend who's just lost like such an important part of their life. But yeah, they've been they've been great. Are you are you still angry at the situation? Yeah, yeah, and I am on a day-to-day basis. There's up and downs with regards to that. So that was initially one of the main things that I struggled with because I was so I was so annoyed and like sort of like angry at, at the world, being like why has this happened to my own mum? because you never think in a million years that something like this is going to happen to you and then another thing that I was really really angry and annoyed at and couldn't get out of my head was the fact that I didn't actually get a chance to say goodbye and I'm not so much annoyed about that now because I've sort of settled it with myself Mm -hmm. but that took me over a year to kind of get over in my head and it was something that I thought about every single day being like oh I'd didn't get a chance to say goodbye. And then from then, I'd think, I didn't get a chance to say goodbye. Like, was the more I could have done. Mm -hmm. Like, and thinking about all the times where, like, me and my mum had an argument or, like, falling out for, sort of, silly reasons. Mm. Just thinking, like, I would do anything to just take that all away. Yeah, of course. Mm.
0: But at the same time, there's no way you could have known.
1: Exactly, yeah. What's your role been in the family since? It's been quite mixed, because over the past year, specifically in the past eight months, I've really kind of been struggling that like, emotionally um, with all these uh, like anxieties and feelings that I've never really felt before. So I've been in the position where I've kind of been needing quite a lot of support from my family. Um, but yeah, my, my dad, my auntie, my uncle, my cousins, have just been so good with it all. And at the same time, like whenever my dad or anyone is upset about something, they know that they can always come speak to me and they do but it is i do find it quite challenging to sort of help other members of the family out when i am sort of trying to help myself out at the same time it does feel like a lot
0: are you comfortable with asking for help
1: though yeah definitely it's quite challenging with my friends not because of how they are it's just the fact that i find more satisfaction um seeking help and advice or whatever about that situation from my family 'Cause they were there and they they know exactly They know the details. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I find myself that my friends are brilliant and my yeah. you know, my support system is great. Mm-hmm. But I find it so much more helpful to talking to someone who has shared experience.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you know your friends are always there, but yeah. it's not always what exactly what you need.
0: Yeah, exactly, mm. yeah. And, you know, as you were saying before, it's difficult if you have no previous experience of that. And I imagine slightly daunting to Yeah ask questions very scary no one wants to upset anyone no one wants to
1: like poke and no one wants to bring anything up that you don't want to talk about it's i do feel for them because if i was in that situation i I wouldn't have a clue yeah what to say when to say it kind of thing now that you have been in that
0: situation do you think you're better equipped to help someone who's who's dealing with something similar
1: yeah i think that even though every situation of someone losing a loved one or a friend mm. is different loads of cases can share similarities in like the way they feel and the after effects so i feel able to talk about what i went through in a way that they can attempt to find some similarities in that so that they don't feel so alone yeah. in what they're going through and i think that was the big thing for me at the very start is i did feel quite alone in how I and how i felt until i started talking about it with with my friends and with people who'd gone through similar things just to find out that okay I'm not going through these mad things by myself and me talking about it with someone who's asked, asked me about like for help on it mm-hmm. helps me as much as I hope it helps them so
0: before you mentioned that you suffered from a few anxieties mm-hmm. do you just want to kind of tell tell us just slightly more about that if that's okay
1: so especially within the last six months I've been really struggling with Sort of getting my head around certain feelings that I've never really felt before, and they've kind of like scared me quite a lot at times because because of this whole situation with my mum and losing her so quickly mm-hmm. to an, a really horrible illness. I've been experiencing some quite intense symptoms of anxiety over the past six months or so, to do with overthinking about what happened, about the future, yeah. and just kind of general anxieties about life. But they've mm-hmm. just been amplified by this whole situation to the point where I've been like in and out of the GP being like, what is wrong with me to then kind of be reassured that it, it's just, it's just like anxiety and feeling on edge and stuff and, and not to worry about it and just kind of run with it. But it's taken me that long to come to terms with it myself and realize that, you know, there's not something wrong with me. Like I don't have a brain tumor. I don't have something horrible like yeah, that. Yeah. And to just kind of accept days when i feeling anxious, except days when I'm feeling really angry, except days when I'm feeling really sad and not trying to fight against them. But it's taken me so long to kind of come to terms with that. All of it just really, really scared me at first.
0: So have you have you sought any counselling?
1: So I started going through counselling in April. I was quite lucky in that the first counsellor I uh, got in contact with, I really liked mm-hmm. and thought he was a really genuine guy and was really easy to talk to and could tell that he... Listen to what I had to say and then also offered what I see as really good advice on yeah. his behalf as well. So I've been seeing him semi-regularly mm-hmm. and I think it's definitely been a, a great benefit to me. And if anything, I regret not seeking help in that form earlier.
0: Was there a reason why you didn't?
1: I just kind of... Because I'd never had it in the past for any issues. And in my head, I couldn't really... I couldn't picture how it could possibly sort of make me feel better in myself. But I have learned that a great thing to help me sort my own headspace out is actually talking about stuff. And so I have really been able to benefit from that.
0: Did you have any experience with the university counselling service or did you just go private straight away? So
1: before I was looking into private counselling, I, look, yeah, I looked into the university service mm. and actually also looked into the chaplaincy mm-hmm. um, service at least who i had one session with and did find that quite useful actually mm-hmm. but with the university service i was put off by the fact that there was five week waiting list so i couldn't really comment on it i've heard quite mixed reviews if we
0: kind of move to a state of reflection okay <laughs> um how do you think this has changed you
1: i do think it's changed me hugely but it has perhaps changed my perspective on life itself and like my opinion towards my friends and my family and that, now that that's happened to me I don't really want to take anything for granted so find no possible pleasure or enjoyment um, with like arguing or getting into conflict with my friends or family because I just think life is far too short yeah, for, there's no point. for any of that and with regards to actual stuff that I do I just want to be able to do stuff that, that kind of like makes me happy and that makes my family and friends happy <laughs> It does sound cliche, but like live life to the fullest, just with the knowledge that something can happen so suddenly, and then I'm not sound bleak, but that, like that could be it, kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. just trying to literally do whatever I can.
0: Do you think your priorities have kind of just shuffled around?
1: I, I think so. Yeah. So I've I've developed much less of a focus on stuff that I used to do in like second and third, well, first and second year, mm-hmm. like going out loads, getting on the piss and stuff. Yeah. Just because after all this has happened, I just don't find so much enjoyment in that area and just Mm. want to kind of do more like, and it sounds cliche again, but like wholesome activities.
0: What do you define as wholesome? I don't know. It's like
1: (laughs) walks in the country and that. (laughs) Just kind of nice, pleasant stuff, I suppose. And I can't really put my finger on why. It's just like life enhancing activities, I suppose. I see. Yeah, I see.
0: Uh, You know, events where the family gets together. How do you approach these now?
1: It depends, really. Some of them are really challenging. So I've had a a Christmas um, and everything surrounding that, and that was last year. It wasn't too awful, just in the sense that everything was very fresh. So I was kind of a bit, it was a bit of a blur, and I was a bit numb to everything. Kind of dazed. And then from then had, had the Mother's Day and the Birthday this year, which were really, really challenging. And then there was like a family reunion with my dad's side, uh, with all of his... Siblings and cousins, yeah. So there must have been about 20 people there, Mm -hmm. and that's a thing that as a family we have done in the past Mm -hmm. and uh, seen the same faces, so probably like three or four times. And to go to that, but kind of without my mum being there, was really really difficult. That's one event in particular that I not only found really hard to actually physically go to, but to kind of like sit through it without thinking about the fact that my mum isn't there, yeah. That was really difficult. But with sort of family activities and celebrations and whatnot on the whole, nowadays I just tend to go into them with an open mind and just take each feeling as it comes and not really try and fight against it Mm -hmm. and just embrace this family, this really loving family that I do have.
0: Do you ever feel the need to post those type of things on social media and display some form of remembrance?
1: In myself, that is something I do like to do. I don't really know what it is. It's It's just kind of like a showing affection and yeah. it's kind of like a symbolic thing birthdays um the new year as well is always a difficult one yeah and, and anniversaries and stuff i tend to post something about it purely for myself just as something that's there to show my affection and show like how yeah, much yeah. i how much i care do
0: a lot of people contact you after that is that quite nice to say it's her birthday and obviously you yeah said that's quite
1: a challenging day yeah so that yeah so when something like that does happen um i tend to get a lot of messages from friends and family just sending love and stuff which is really touching and really nice to see i suppose like some people could potentially misconstrue people posting things like this mm-hmm. as like not necessarily attention seeking. but for me personally it's just something i do for myself obviously it, seeing people sending love and all of this stuff is, is really really it's really really sweet and really nice. Appreciate it. Yeah.
0: So what would you say to someone who went through or is going through a similar thing?
1: I would mainly say just be patient with everything. Don't try and force yourself to be happy or be something that you are not at the time. So mm-hmm. just be patient, take everything as it comes. Don't be afraid of being sad and or spending days just being really angry because all these emotions that you hold in will come out at some point and will bite you in the arse, essentially, when you don't want them to. Which is an issue that I've been struggling with this year, which is what the, my counsellor and my GP have been saying to me, which is all of these anxieties and emotional stress that I've been going through yeah. has been, they say, as a result of all these pent-up emotions that I had last year, which I didn't fully deal with. And just kind of keep busy and just try and be as positive as you can. Do what makes you happy.
0: So if you were now giving advice to a friend of someone who had lost someone, what advice would you give them?
1: It's quite challenging because even, even in myself now, even, even though I've sort of experienced all of this stuff, I still wouldn't necessarily know what to say. But yeah. I would say on the whole, just kind of be patient with them. Don't kind of pest them to do what they don't want to do. Mm-hmm. So if, for example, don't pest them to go on nights out don't say why are you not doing this why are you not doing that kind of thing just kind of let them do what they want to do and they will return to kind of like their normal selves and what they like doing when they feel up to it and just kind of accept that don't try and force anything just kind of offer yourself and just say oh if you do want to talk about this i'm here or if you just want to rant at me for half an hour ever i'm also here
0: that's it for this episode and a huge thank you to miles for coming on in the next episode i talk to my friend alice about her life after the death of her dad i hope you can join us there i'm theo silberston the music was composed by lucy Piercy and performed by alexander lestrange the editing was done by my mum thanks for listening